Machine with Slim on a Friday. Let's get right into it, sports fans. Boston Bruins with a huge win last night, 5-2. I stayed up to watch the whole thing. We're going to get into detail in this. Probably segment number two is my guess. We're going to dive into the Bruins. The Celtics are on tonight. I've been talking about it all week. Celtics are going to be playing the Denver Nuggets. And I'm going to come up with something, uh, something big here. A statement. This is a must-win game for the Celtics. Yes, yes, it's a, a Friday in January. But I'm here today saying this game is an absolute must-win for the Boston Celtics. I'm going to tell you why here. As we roll along with the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. First, I'd like to get some um, housekeeping stuff out of the way, I would say. Uh, A couple of just good things I wanted to talk about. One, I mentioned it yesterday. McGovern Subaru, for the eastern uh, part of New Hampshire folks here, they're happy uh, and excited to be partnering with Operation Warm to offer free winter coats to kids. Free winter coats to kids that are in need. If you know a child or if your child's... Um, in need of a new winter coat, please contact Operation Blessing at 603-430-8561. to be added to the list of kids who will be receiving new winter coats today. So these coats will be handed out at the dealership, McGovern Subaru dealership in Newington, New Hampshire, between 5 and 7 tonight. So I just wanted to share that because I think it's a good thing they're doing. And stuff like that, it should be on the radio. Positive news. I like to hear about that type of stuff. Uh, another piece of positive mo- news yesterday, I talked with uh, and communicated with folks over at McIntyre Ski Area, and I will let people know there is a WKXL Spotlight episode coming out later today, 4 o'clock. Going to do an in-depth discussion on McIntyre Ski Area. If you have young kids that want to learn to ski, potentially, right, even if they haven't thought about it, this is a place to go. It's local. It's in Manchester. Easy, in and out. It's affordable. And I just uh, wanted to put a little attention their way before we jump right into the sports action, baby. Boston Celtics absolutely have to win tonight. Here's the deal. And I talked about this over the last two months. The in-season tournament, Celtics got bounced by Indiana. Celts have the best record in the NBA. They're undefeated at home. Keep that in your mind, please. 20-0. Celtics are undefeated at home, have not lost. Tonight they play the defending champions, Denver Nuggets. I haven't even looked at the injury report for Denver. That's bad homework by me. I apologize. Preparation. I did preparation in other areas. But I'm assuming it's all hands on deck for both teams. And I'm going to tell you right now, Denver lost to the Philadelphia 76ers the other night. Jokic got taken down by Embiid. Embiid scored 10 in a row in the fourth quarter. So in the battle of the MVPs, from the last three years, and maybe for this year, Embiid took out the champ. Jokic went down. So you know Denver wants to come back with a big effort tonight. And I might even say more so than they did against Philadelphia because they're going on the road, they're playing the Boston Celtics, who are undefeated, who are the favorites to win it all. The Celtics, as I said, got bounced in that in-season tournament. I want the Celtics to be prepared to take the best shot from other teams every single night. When you're the best, the other teams get up to play you. It's like when Michael Jordan was in the league, everybody got looked forward. They circle that date. We're going to play the, you know, Michael and the Bulls. Well, now people are starting to circle. 
we're going to play the Celtics and all their talent, and everybody thinks you know they're the favorite. They should win the MV, the uh, NBA championship this year. Well, Denver's no, 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 no. You got to go through us, baby. We're, we're, you got to you got to do it. Your stuff is just talk up until this point. So Denver's coming in to win. It's Friday night in the Garden. The Celtics fans better be ready to go because this is going to show you what's going to happen in the playoffs, people. Tonight's game is going to show you what's going to happen in the playoffs. If the Celtics lose tonight, we're not going to go all the way. I'm just, I, I've been saying it, so maybe I'm, I'm, I'm giving myself an out. But more so, I'm saying the Celtics are going to win tonight. <laughs> I believe the Celtics are going all the way this year. But if they lose tonight, they're going to have to make a trade. They're going to have to do something. Because you are there to protect your home court. You're playing your best basketball. You're 20-0 at home. And you're playing the defending champs. Don't tell me the Celtics players aren't jacked up for tonight's game. Because they are. They're going to play full throttle everything that they have. And if it's good enough, we're going to win. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. We have so much talent on this team. And our guys are learning how to win. And by the time the playoffs come around, we're going to be there. This game tonight is a test. It's a step along the way. You beat Denver tonight, nobody's coming into Boston to beat us. Because the defending champs can't do it. You lose tonight, you start to go, well, you know, how did we lose? What happened? Did Tatum miss another step back three at the buzzer? How did things go down? But it really doesn't matter. If we lose tonight, we lose. We're not good enough. At home, in a huge game, against the best... We lose. That tells you. You're not good enough. You can't say, oh, well, it's going to be different in the playoffs. No, it's not. If you're ready to play and you need to be ready to play tonight, if you're not ready to play tonight, it tells you something right off the get-go. Right? It tells you we're not going to be ready to play when it comes to playoff time. And I'm just here to say, the Boston area fans, this is a challenge to you. When I'm watching this TV tonight, because I'm not going to the game, but I will be watching I'm going to be watching and listening to the fans. Are we sitting down? Are we sitting on our hands if Denver goes on like a NATO streak to tie the game in the fourth quarter? Or are we up chanting defense, giving our guys encouragement and thanking them for their effort level? The Celts have been playing hard this year, people, right? If you're watching the Celtics every night, or even if it's just casually, when you watch them play, it's a fun team to root for, baby. All the pieces are in place. They're sacrificing for one another. Drew Holiday is rooting for guys. When he's on the bench at the end of a game, he's rooting for the dudes that are out there playing. Derek White has been accepted as like an all-star on this team. He's being deferred to a little bit. Like, you know, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum will actually pass him the ball. Say, go ahead, you shoot up some threes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to see. But it's, when it's winning time now, tonight, it's going to show you who's getting the ball. Who's going to demand the ball? Who's going to score the ball, most importantly? And if it's Tatum getting the ball, demanding the ball, and shooting step-back threes and missing, I'm sorry, that's insanity to think it's going to be different. The last five years I've watched it, and we've had some good success, but it hasn't been there in winning time. We melted against Golden State in the finals two years ago. Melted. You have to learn from difficulties. You have to do something different. And I've started to see it with Tatum. Over the past three games, four games, I'm telling you, and it's because Missoula's putting out lineups with him 
where he has to be the creator. He did it again in the last game, throwing him out there with Al Horford. It was Luke Cornett, and I think um, maybe Derek White was out there too, Peyton Pritchard, something like this. That lineup needs Tatum to be the creator. And, and Missoula is kind of forcing this man to have to, to do it. Be put in those positions. You're the guy that's going to create action for our team. Well, let's see what happens tonight. We want to watch Tatum going to the hole. That's what we need to see. This Denver team can score, baby, and we know Jokic is, I mean, statistically the best player in the NBA. No doubt. It was a stretch my buddy had sent to me. It was like 38 for 42 over the course of like four games from the field. It, it was that ridiculous. 38 for 42. You take 42 shots, you're only missing four. And that's not if you're wide open like anybody that's out there listening on the radio right now. If you took 42 shots, most of you, if you took 42 layups, you'd be lucky to make 38 of them. But even people who are good and skilled at basketball, like myself, I make 41 out of 42 layups. I might make 42, even at my uh, 49-year-old state. Uh, but it, it, he's making 38 out of 42 being contested by like six-foot, six-inch-tall behemoths trying to block him. Jokic is bad, dude. And that's why he's won the MVP two years out of the last three. So the MVP is ready to play tonight. Denver, when you're the champs, you don't like losing. You don't like losing to, like, it's not your arch rival, but uh, Jokic don't want to lose to Embiid. He's going up against the best. He just got, you know, dethroned a little bit. So you're looking to come back with a big effort tonight. The Celtics, they're, and they're going to be ready. They know this. I'm not telling you folks out there anything that the Celtics don't already know. You might not already know this. That's why I'm here to tell you it's a must win. The Celtics need to win the game tonight. You understand? The Celtics have to win the game tonight. You play to win the game. Well, the Boston Bruins, they won their game last night. We're going to dive into that in some detail here. When we come back from this quick commercial break, the Sports Machine with Slim on WKXL Radio. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com, newhampshiretalkradio.com. This is the place to be. We'll be right back. Boston Bruins. The Bruins had a big night last night, people. They're hot. It's it's important time here in the NBA and NHL. I know it's the middle of the season. And it's like, all right, there's so many games in both leagues, 80 and 82 games, right? So, And we're right around the middle mark for both of them. And both of our teams are right near the top of the league. The Celtics have the best record, and the Bruins are right there at the end of the game last night. They had the most points in the NHL. And I think they played a couple of games less than a few of the teams that were right next to them. So the Bruins are getting everybody's best shot too. And and the reason why now is such a critical time for them in, I think, kind of indicating or predicting success later in the season is Jeremy Swayman's the man. Last year, Swayman was the backup to Linus Allmark. 
Allmark won the Vezina Trophy last year, so he was the man, even though they split time a little bit. But the Swayman still looked at like the, as the little brother. He's the younger guy. He's 24 years old. Where Allmark, I think, is like 32 now or something. But now, now Swayman's 25, and his game so far this year, statistically, has been better than Allmark. I have some real thoughts that I've expressed over the past week or two about the shared goalie situation between Swayman and Elmark, and I said earlier this week why I believe now we need to stay with both guys. Some people are going to have an alternate take on that. Why don't we go to a, uh, a resident expert here, our NHL action expert here. I think we have Thomas on the line, right? Yep, I'm here. Thanks That's for having me. Everybody, Thomas is our licensed local health insurance and Medicare broker. You can reach him at 603-399-6687. Don't reach out to him at 603-399-6687 if you don't like his hockey takes. But if you need insurance information, this guy knows his stuff. He has helped me through the years multiple times with my health insurance selection for my family. And he just knows his stuff. That's why I like to give out his number and kind of uh, build him up a little bit. But Thomas, you know your stuff about hockey too, don't you? Uh, enough. Spin around the game. Enjoy watching as a fan. So it's always fun talking about it. He's very um, even-spoken, I would say, people out there listening. Uh, I've got a lot of, of um, I don't know, prediction and uh, off-the-cuff type stuff. I can just go random off-topic. Thomas is more straight and steady, which is what you want from your health insurance broker, I would say that. But Thomas undersells himself a little bit. He played in the NHL. Five years, I think, Thomas, right? It was four with the Rangers and one with the Islanders. Is that correct? Yeah, part of it's correct. Yeah. So you have played in the NHL for five years. You know what's going on a heck of a lot more than me. What do you think about the fact that Swayman is kind of taking over with Omar's <clears throat> injury here, and and he's coming through so great the last couple of games? Oh, he's been terrific for them. I mean, he's been terrific ever since he got to the Bruins, right? So we they knew he was a good goalie. Um, obviously, he's getting a little older, getting more experienced. And like you said earlier, they do have two really, really good goalies. It's just a matter of time. Eventually, maybe he wants to have the starting job more than being a 1A and 1B guy, right? So that's something the Bruins going to have to figure out down the road. But, you know, it's, we talked about it before. It's a great problem to have. These guys have genuine love. For each other. I've said a few times this week when um, Swayman goes over to Omar's house, his kids call, call Swayman Uncle Sway. These two guys really are rooting for each other. And it's, it's part of the fabric of the whole team. And this is what I'm saying when I watched last night, Thomas. I'm not a hockey expert, but I know teamwork and camaraderie when I see it. And at the end of the game last night, Pasternak already had two goals. The Bruins were up 4-2 to two with like two minutes left. And Colorado pulls their goalie. And you could see the Bruins, when they got possession and were able to maintain it for a little bit, they were actively searching out Pasternak. They were, they were avoiding taking shots that, that they could have put into the empty net themselves because they wanted to see Pasta get the hat trick. Did you notice that? Yeah, of course they do that. Uh, it's kind of a, a little bit of a thing in hockey. I mean, it, hat tricks are hard to come by, even for the high-end goal scorers like Pasta. So when you have a chance, you're winning the game 4-2, you want to get him out there and give him a chance to get the hat trick, which they did, you know, and 
rightfully so. It was a nice play at the end. Yeah, Coyle, right? He, he very unselfishly. Yeah. But it had happened the possession before when the Bruins were down that end of the ice. They just they just weren't able to connect. I forget how it happened, if he maybe missed the net or what it was. But I noticed a couple guys passed up their opportunity to go towards the net and get their own shot off because they wanted Pasta to get it. And then they, they go down the other end of the, of the rink, come skate back down, and then a great unselfish play by Coyle. He easily could have shot that puck. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's the it's the right thing to do. I don't know for people out there not in hockey like you see it even at the lower levels. Not yet. Like it's the right thing to do. You want your teammates to get the hat trick, as I said. They don't. They're hard to come by at that level. One hundred percent. But they're hard to come by at any, any level. So it's uh, uh, definitely the right play. But no, they they played an awesome game yesterday. I mean, they came out flying. What was it thirty four seconds, forty four seconds into the game? They got the first one, and then the second one within five minutes. So they're fun to watch. They got a good group, and it'll be interesting to see how far they can take it this year. At the end of the first period, it was 3-1, to one, so the Bruins had control. I've noticed a habit through the season so far, Thomas, where the second period, some games, it just seems like, I don't know if our effort lets down or if the other team's effort creeps up, but it seems like we let a lot of shots in during that second period, and I've seen games where the momentum has totally turned and we ended up losing. But here, last night, even though the Bruins didn't score in the second period, and didn't score 10 minutes through the third. I think it might have been even 13 or 14 minutes into the third. We got the goal. And Swayman was huge in net all the way through. And I just am like, these are the pieces. When you start to give Swayman the opportunity in net, where you're the man, dude, go get him. You're our number one here until Omar comes back. You're number one. Go get him. Mentally, isn't that a little bit of a challenge? Like playing goal in hockey, Thomas, isn't that somewhat like, I don't want to say luck, but confidence has a ton to do with it. And it can change if all of a sudden you're the anointed one instead of just kind of, you know, 50 50 share of it. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I, I, in my opinion, it's a hard position. And it's the one guy the team needs. I think you can have an average team and a great goalie, and you're going to do way better than you have a great team and an average goalie. That's just how it goes. And yeah, like you said, it's all in his head. Technically speaking, if you look at just the, the mechanics of goaltending, all the guys that are playing in NHL are good goaltenders. Why some of them are doing great and stopping everything, some others aren't, I think it's all in their head, right? It's hard. Confidence is something you can't really uh, put your finger on and say this is how you get it or this is how you can uh, keep it. It's just something that comes and goes. And obviously preparation and, uh, you know, Getting enough practice reps in helps you with that stuff. But at the end of the day, obviously winning games and feeling good about yourself, that's a big part about you know, having your confidence high. And it's the whole team on the Bruins, Thomas. And this is why I'm having a fun, fun time getting to really dig into these guys and watch them more and more, especially over the last month because I've been doing the show here and I'm, I'm talking to you now on a somewhat regular basis. I want to be prepared. These guys, you got the goalies both rooting for each other. Last night at the end of the game, huge big hug. I stay around to watch it. I love to see it. You got the players actively searching out Pasternak. Like, the, the, I hear what you're saying about, oh, it's a great thing for, for a, a um, hat trick, right, for any player. But Pasta's like the leading goalie, the goal-getter on the Bruins. He's the most skilled player, I would say. I, I don't think anybody would debate that. And sometimes those guys are a little bit of, like, I don't know, prima donnas, you know what I mean? Something like that. Well, that's not the case here. Like, our best player is obviously liked by the rest of the team. And that chemistry is something that I think you just build, 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 once you're in the playoffs, it's like, dude, we got this chemistry. We can do this together. No, I mean, 
And as far as, as long as I've watched the Bruins for the, call, the last 10, 15 years, um, it always seems like they got a good tightness group. So it never seems like if you go back and listen to some of the old stories of when they won the Stanley Cup uh, in 2011, right? They always had a good group, good tightness group. Management hasn't changed that much. Yeah, a couple of the coaches gone in and out. But I think that's something that is just an organizational thing, why the Bruins are like that, and they keep it the same. But, yeah, it makes a big difference when your team is close and you care for each other and you all want to go the same direction rather than just watch out for yourself. Well, this is the year where that could have changed, Thomas, with Bergeron and Krejci leaving, and, and Bergeron especially because that single player – can be a guy that drives the whole team together and keeps the whole team together. Well, this year he's been gone, and yet I don't see any drop-off. In fact, I see an increase in the chemistry and camaraderie. Are you hearing any rumors about Patrice Bergeron potentially coming back? I know I saw a podcast the other day. What's your take on that? you think there's any way he could come back this season? Well, the podcast is the number one podcast in hockey. Both the guys are, are in it with, with me and Biz. So, like, if they hear something, maybe they just threw it out there to get something going. But uh, obviously for the Bruins, it'd be huge if he decided to come back. I mean, he's only been out for a few months. He's a great player. When you look at his stats from last year, there's no reason why he couldn't play in the league and still do what he did. So it's more of a question of does he want to play, right? Well, I'm thinking he'd be fresher. For a very long time. Yeah, he'd oh, be fresher, Thomas, be right? Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, he'd be better prepared for the playoffs this year than he was last year would be my take because he hasn't battled through an entire season. Yeah, no, that's that's a good take. I can see that. You do get older, it does get harder. Healthy at that age means a lot different, but it'll be interesting. The uh, definitely fun rumors to spread around here. You said it, Thomas. Thank you very much. We're tracking it on the Sports Machine with Slim here. I'm going to put some out on the internet for people that want to talk to Thomas about health insurance. You should. You're listening to the Sports Machine with Slim. We're coming back with NFL Talk, WKXL Radio. It's 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Machine with Slim. You're driving along Route 93 right now. Check your radio stations. 103.9 in Concord. 101.9 FM in Manchester. If you like what you hear, we're here every single day, 10 to 11. Well, weekdays, anyway. Weekdays. Guess what weekends are for? Weekends are for NFL action. I love to talk Bruins. We just did a great job there with Thomas, giving people insight and a reason to watch the team. I'm just telling you, this this Bruins team is a lot of fun. As you start to watch what they're doing, we got talent. Charlie Coyle, he, he he's like he's next level. He's next level right now. Him, Pasternak, Marshan, still. No, we had talked about this a couple weeks ago. Not playing as great as he had in the past, but I think he's turning the corner. And we just need these guys to be operating on all cylinders. Come. Playoff time. Last year was about the regular season. This year is about the playoffs. Let's win. Celtics. (laughs) I was talking to the Bruins, but now I'm talking to you, Celtics. Let's get a W tonight. And for you people out there that like to uh, watch the NFL and maybe wager on some NFL action, I got a little something for you here, too. I I imagine everybody has already heard this clip, but I got something I wanted to let people know. I found this on YouTube. I saw it the other day, actually originally on Twitter. But this here coming up is a clip of uh, a reporter asking 
Tampa Bay Bucks coach Todd Bowles, who used to coach the Jets for a while, for years, and I thought he did a pretty good job of it. And now he's doing a great job with Tampa Bay this season. Uh, reporter asking Todd Bowles a question. We have that teed up. Andrew, can you play that, please? Uh, looking forward towards um, Detroit. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today, it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we've seen it got to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. <laughs> I don't um, no, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus going under the thing, so we'll be okay. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. It's just me, but imagine being a coach, having to answer these questions from reporters and having this lady ask you that question. He's just like, what? Like, like you know he wants to swear at her. You know he wants to insult, but he can't. He has to stay. And he seems like a really nice guy. I will say this. This Todd Bowles character, I liked him in the Jets. I, and, and and this was at a time when Brady was still here, baby, and the Bruin, the Patriots, I'm saying Bruins because Patriots are so far from my memory right now, although Bill Belichick did uh, interview for a second time, apparently, with the Atlanta Falcons, people that might want to uh, to know that. Maybe he's going to go there. I don't know. But I always liked Todd Bowles. And and he, he made a Jets team that historically has been terrible. Like, he was competitive for a few years with them. They never quit on him. And now he goes to Tampa Bay, and he's got to deal with this type of question from a reporter. Come on. Come on, you do know we play in the dome, don't you? No, we're not preparing. We're just going to go to the bus 20 seconds into the stadium. That is such a great response. I love it. Love it. So let's get into the NFL games for this week. My uh, brother Dave, who's one of the biggest fans of the show, uh, most valued callers, one of the best callers in sports talk radio uh, across the country right now, you're getting treated to my brother Dave on the phone lines. Welcome, Dave. Good morning, Slim. Yeah, I would have loved for Todd Bowles to have been, well, you know, it's going to be really tough getting <laughs> off the plane and getting to the hotel and then getting from the hotel to the stadium. You know, we're going to have to acclimate our bodies for those you know, quick 20, 30 seconds. But I, th- I think we'll be all right once we get in the dome. Right, and let her make the uh, connection from there. But maybe she didn't make the connection already. I mean, it's possible when he said we're playing in the dome, she had no idea what he was saying. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's one of those rare opportunities for a coach to actually show a little bit about their personality, what they're about, you know, and he was, he, he didn't know how to make a joke out of that. He just kind of was serious, you know, and he didn't, he didn't want to embarrass them, which I thought is great, you know, it tells yes. you he's a, he's a good guy, nice guy. You know, but, but business. You know, he's serious and he's focused on the game. I like him. I said, as I said, I've liked him before. I love what he's done this year. He's taken Baker Mayfield, and I don't want to say he's done like a reclamation project or something because Baker Mayfield last year played for Carolina and the Rams at the end of the season. If people remember, Matthew Stafford was hurt at the end of last year, and so they took him in, and Baker Mayfield started games for the Rams. He wasn't anything special. And this is a former number one draft pick in the NFL who toiled with uh, Cleveland, right, for four years. I bet Cleveland wishes he was back there. Of course they do. But now he goes this year to Tampa Bay, Dave. I love what Baker Mayfield's doing. I think Bowles is certainly not standing in the way of it happening. But I think Tampa Bay is going north to the frigid Detroit area and is going to take the Lions out this weekend. I think Tampa Bay wins the game. You know, it's it's an interesting game because Goff and Mayfield – 
I don't know how many people realize they were both number one picks in the last 10 years. Right? So I don't think those are names that you initially just kind of, uh, you know, look at as, as top overall draft talent guys. But it just goes to show they, they were both talented in college. Sometimes it takes you four. Sometimes it takes you six. Sometimes it takes you ten. But eventually that talent, if given enough time, can play through. I think that's an interesting game. I, I mean, I, I lean toward Tampa to cover with the points, but I, I, I do think Detroit is going to win the game. Because why? I heard today Detroit's defense hasn't given up more than 70 yards rushing in any game all year. Is that true even when they lost like 40-3 to yeah. three to Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, and, and Tampa Bay I think is, is uh, per carry, one of the worst rushing teams, if not the worst rushing team in the NFL. I've, I've heard that they're the worst, but I haven't confirmed that. I know that their yards per carry are not great. You know, and so it, when you have a team that's really good at one thing and another team that's not very good at it, you can pretty much eliminate that, which puts the hands, the ball in the hands of Mayfield. And listen, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Palmer, they got speed, they got guys, and Detroit's weakness is, is definitely their secondary. So they're going to need that place to be loud. But I, I do think that that place is going to be ramped, like just crazy place to be at for their fans. It's been a long, long time. They got their first win in 20-some-odd years, their first playoff win last week. They come back. They have a very winnable game this week, and I, it's going to be hard. You know, if, if if the place is as loud as it can be, it's going to be really hard for Mayfield to kind of get things together in that atmosphere and pull one out. Well, let's see what happens. We might be on opposite sides there, but another situation where you got a team in a stadium that's going to be all jacked up because they're winning for the first time in forever. Buffalo hosting two home games in a row. I know their offensive lineman there, Dawkins, I think is the last name, was like, this is as jacked up as I've ever been. They're just so excited to be winning up there and having the home field against Kansas City on Sunday. Well, they need to not let that excitement cause an error. Right? You know, I mean, sometimes when people get too excited for a game, for you know, the start of a game, the first couple minutes of that game, first three, four plays, they have a tendency to overthrow a football. They have a tendency to to leave the ball out in their arm as they're running, carrying it like a loaf of bread, just because they're looking to make a play. There's so much energy. So uh, Kansas City is not the same team that they've been the last, say, six years. And they've been vulnerable. This is a game where I think it all comes down to turnovers. If Buffalo does not turn the ball over, Buffalo is going to win this game. They're, They're a better team. I know Kansas City has two extra days of rest. That's a big deal in the NFL especially the, the, the you know, more recent common era of NFL football. I think it matters more. But Buffalo is a better team. I, the one prop I've seen is Josh Allen is 232, his passing total for the game. I don't. If they're losing, he's going way over that number. And, and I like that. Like That's the one prop of the game. I, I think Kansas City last week with two of people looking into that and, and thinking Kansas City's defense is really – that elite? I don't think they are. I think Buffalo's going to be able to score. I think they're going to move the ball. I think Josh Allen has a good game and the Bills win. I like Kansas City um, as far as being tough. Defending champs, and I think when playoff time come, defending champs, they put out their best effort, and that's what happened last week. But Miami, they were a team on the quit. They, I mean, they had lost their last two games of the year. They had a chance to be the number one seed three, four weeks back, and just Flopped it away, no chance. And it's a warm-weather team that went up into the frigid cold. So you can't take too much from last week's game. I'm with you, Dave. I I really, really like Buffalo now. I'm on Buffalo hardcore. I don't know if they'll cover two and a half. I could see this game being like a one-point or two-point just eked out last-second field goal type situation because Buffalo reverses what happened to them against Kansas City. Maybe one of those situations. But I do just feel like 
Buffalo's got that it right now, and if they can just not make the big mistake. It comes down to, to Josh Allen, like you just said. That's the win or the loss. To Houston and Baltimore is a game. This is the only game. I'm going to tell you what, Dave. I've never seen this before. we got four games this weekend. Action Network has the betting action. It's like 50-50 on three of the games. The only one game that's not 50-50 is Houston's getting 59% of the action. Baltimore, 41% of the action. Baltimore is a lot better than Houston, I think. Yeah, when Baltimore didn't play the last week of the season, those there's no stats that back up that that's a good thing or a bad thing. It, 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 as far back as you can go over the last 30 years anyway in the NFL, it's it's basically 50-50. Teams that rest in that final week have a bye. They cover 50% of their games and teams mm-hmm. that don't. Right? So there's no there's nothing to glean. There's no information that you can look at and say, okay, that's, gonna, that's a real tell for me, and that's what I want to do in this game. So essentially what it comes down to is, which one of these two teams is better? And so I know right. that that last week Houston was was fantastic. They looked great, but man, they got a lot of wide open, easy targets. I don't see that happening this week in Baltimore. I think Baltimore is the play of the week. My brother Dave on there with some excellent insight. Dave, thanks for the call. This is one of these uh, shows where we could talk for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours easily and just break down all these games and share all our knowledge. But we're limited on time, so we're going to be taking a commercial break right now, come back for the last segment of The Sports Machine with Slim today. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 105.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and htalkradio.com. We'll be right back to talk about the San Francisco 49ers winning it all. Sports Machine with Slim. New Hampshire's next generation sports talk radio show. If you're driving around in your car and listening for the first time, listen to the callers we have. Like these people that are calling in, they know their stuff. They're well spoken, they're doing their homework, coming in with some takes. It could be you if you think you're good too. Our phone lines are reachable. It's a tough day today, though, because on the line right now, I got uh, somebody that brings some real insight and from a gambling standpoint, just a real way to evaluate and look at the type of wagers you may place this weekend. B-Cal, welcome to the show. Thank you, Slim. How's things going today? I'm all fired up because there's just sports all over the place, and I can't wait to watch the Celtics-Denver tonight. What do you think is going to happen there? Well, obviously, we're rooting for the Celtics, right? <laughs> I mean, doesn't that look like it? Doesn't that look like it right now? It looks like a uh, an association final, as they call it. That's <laughs> what everybody's predicting. Those are the two teams that are going to be. So we'll see what happens. They're both fired up, right? Like, I don't know if you've heard the injury report on either side. I'd imagine everybody's playing on both teams, and it's going to be max effort. Like, this should be a playoff game. And I said earlier, it's a must win for the Celtics. Like, if we lose this game at home, you're 20-0 at home. It's just like, well, what do we think is going to happen in the playoffs? Why is it going to be different? It'll, it'll feel like the same thing that happened against Golden State. <laughs> it's the exact same. That's what it'll feel like. <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing. If we don't win tonight, we need to make a trade or do something. I could, Trade Jason Tatum. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> you said it. Let's see what's going to happen this weekend here. The NFL action. I know my brother Dave just uh, discussed some picks and stuff. I don't know where you want to start, but I might say uh, you could comment on this. The San Francisco 49 is going to win it all this year. That's my guarantee. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. You could make a, you could actually make a Super Bowl wager right now. Get plus one seventy five to take San Fran, and and if you didn't, and then if it gets to the Super Bowl and it was a ridiculous spread, like 
seven or something, you could just bet the other side blindly and try to middle it. You know what I mean? And or I'm just saying if you felt nervous about it or something, but it definitely seems that the two teams that could have beaten San Fran and the NFC anyways uh, were eliminated last week, and it just seems like, in my opinion, they have a pretty easy ride to the Super Bowl. Well, what happened last week? Because I know, I know you are a Cowboys fan. I don't know if you're willing to admit that on the air here, but uh, what happened last week, a little bit painful. Green Bay goes into Dallas and is up 21 nothing to start things out like in a blink of an eye. Why is Green Bay going to run into like a, a more difficult um, obstacle when they go and play San Fran tomorrow? Well, the difference with those two is Dallas is a great front-line team, and when they have the lead, the defense plays differently. They pin their ears back. They go after the quarterback. They have a certain style of defense. But when you can't operate that way because you're losing, it changes the way you play. And we saw it early in the year when the, you know they played Arizona, and Arizona beat them, but you know, they were able to run the ball, they were able to control it, and they got a lead early, and the Cowboys couldn't come back from it. Same thing against Buffalo. Buffalo really gave the blueprint for Green Bay on how to win. You run the ball up the middle. That's what they did. They beat them. It was pretty, and everybody was so enamored with the Cowboys being 16 and 0. The last time I was on the show, I talked about the same Cowboys team, and one angle that I talked about was betting the team total. If you had bet the Cowboys team total, you still would have won, even though the Cowboys lost. Team total was 27 and a half for the game. They lost, but that that average. What I talked about before when I was on is their score average score at home is over 30 points. So. Why don't you just bet that? And they lose, they lose. You still win. <laughs> well, that was the week I did actually bet. I think this is going back into uh, December of 23. I do believe that I might have bet that game, and I bet the over individual team total on Dallas that week. You had mentioned it because they had been going over every single week when they were playing Buffalo, and that was the one week that they didn't make it. Not a coincidence, people. That's why I've given up sports gambling for the year uh, 2024. Uh, what do you think, though, with Green Bay? I mean, Jordan Love, is he just under the radar? Are we going to be watching this game tomorrow and be like, whoa, wait a minute, this dude's way better than what we thought? I, I just don't think so. I think San Fran's the best team. I think when he plays against a better defense, we'll see. I could be wrong. My, the, way the, the reason why Green Bay has won, everybody wants to say Jordan Love, Jordan Love, Jordan Love, but the truth of it is Aaron Jones has rushed for over 100 yards in four consecutive games. And when you can run the ball in the NFL, you can pass the ball. So he's had great play-action pass. He's been able to do both. So you have to look at it as, well, how many times does San Fran give up a 100-yard rusher this year? I don't have the facts in front but I know it's not too many of them. So, <laughs> you know, I just kind of feel like if they can't get that running game going, that now you might see Jordan Love make some mistakes that you haven't seen in situations where he wasn't behind in games. And San Francisco just knows this is their time, baby. Like, this is their opportunity. They got all their guys. I hope McCaffrey's fully healthy, loaded, and ready to roll. I mean, even if he's not, they probably can win. But last year, remember, in the playoffs, it was um, San Francisco playing Philadelphia. Like, the second or third play of the game, Brock Purdy got injured, and their whole team went down the the crapper. So uh, they're not going to spoil a chance here. It's appreciated. San Francisco's looking to throttle this team tomorrow. Houston at Baltimore. Cal, watching all year, I'm a guy who I haven't loved Lamar Jackson through the years. I just he's not getting it done in playoff time. So I've said the same thing coming into this year. I just think he's gonna fall apart. He's gonna get injured. Some something, something does look different about him. And man, that Baltimore team just looks angry. It's gonna be a different beast for Houston to play Baltimore this week. No, what happens in that game? I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what's gonna happen. But I was a betting man. I bet on Lamar Jackson. I feel like he, I think he's a winner. And I think at home. It's all, I told you before, it's going to come down to whether or not he can get the edge against that defense because him running is a huge – he has a record against the NFC like eight, 
like 19 and one. They're not playing the NFC, but it's because teams that don't see him all the time have a hard time preparing for his speed. We'll see. I mean, I don't think Houston will be able to contain him. Houston has a great, a lot of great defensive players, but is anybody as fast as him? I don't know. We'll see. And one, I did think of one interesting thing. We talked about it yesterday. The CJ Stroud is going to be a nine and a half point underdog, and it'll probably be the biggest underdog he's ever going to be in his career. So it's just kind of funny to, to look at it that way and say, this guy's on the up and up, and so is the whole Houston team. You know, this might be, a, you know, not the right game for them, but they're a team that's on the rise for sure. Oh, no doubt about it. Anybody that's watching C.J. Stroud now, it's like you don't want to bet against this guy because just throwing the ball, he looks like he might be the best quarterback in the NFL. He just he doesn't throw interceptions. Like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, obviously, they're the two best. But if you look at the interception totals, like, no, C.J. Stroud for, for a rookie here, this dude seems like he knows exactly where to go to the, with the ball. I will say early in this year, the first game of the season, Houston played at Baltimore and lost 25-9. to so, you know, it's a fast forward. It's the end of the season here. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? I just, from watching all year, I'm with you. I just think Baltimore looks like a, a more complete team. That was for his first NFL game. You tell me that guy. I mean, listen, that guy played in Ohio State, national championship games, and all these big games. So he's, he's been under the spotlight. But, you know, a lot of nerves in your first game in the NFL, huh? you know. And look, you know, it's what they've done since then, really, that, that makes you kind of like the team, you know. I'd love to see it win because I'm on Buffalo. I've got that ride in Buffalo against San Francisco in the finals. I'd love to see Baltimore lose this week, as I thought. What do you think about Sunday's games or any individual plays you want to talk about? Tampa Bay's Detroit and uh, Kansas City's at Buffalo. Yeah, I do think that the um, the two the two quarterbacks in the Detroit um, Tampa Bay game, I would I would take over their passing yards. Um, I just feel like neither one of those teams have a great passing defense. You saw it last week. Matthew Stafford passed for over 370 yards against, um, in a loss against Detroit. And I just think Baker Mayfield, you know, he has the weapons to do the same thing. Like Kate Auten had a great game last week. Mike Evans really didn't do too much, but they have, you know, Chris Godwin, uh, White guy, but they have a lot of offensive weapons. <laughs> Evans yeah. had like yeah. four drops, BCAL, too. He easily could have had a bigger game. And they still won by 20 something points. But in this this situation, I just feel like you've got to attack the other team's weakness. And I think both teams are going to be able to throw the ball. It should be, it should be a fun game to watch, honestly. Yeah, you like to play those player props, and it does kind of make sense what you're talking about there. If you play the over for passing totals for both quarterbacks, you definitely have a good chance, like you have a chance of winning both, but you have a great chance of at least one of the guys going over. Right, so say the game's a blowout, and you know one of the guys may not hit his total, well, the other guy's going to hit it because he's going to be throwing the ball. <laughs> <laughs> to make it easy for everybody out there. And plus, that's a fun bet to make. Like I would say if you've never bet before and you want to, hey, throw just a couple bucks on both sides of that. You're hoping for action and passing yardage all game long, and it's probably going to happen. Yeah, and I'll tell you one, and this is the thing, like, the, I'm not, I think the overrun is somewhere around 50, but we've seen this a million times. The team goes down the field, they take a five-minute drive, they get stopped, they kick a field goal. Next team comes down, they go right down the field, they get stopped, Turn they kick a field goal. Yeah. Well, or something like that, right. Interception in the end zone. Next thing you know, it's, it's halftime, and it's 10 to 7, and the over is 50, and you're like, wow. They still threw for a lot of yards in that situation, though. So sometimes they don't really want to, you can't really predict the overrunner, but you certainly can predict how many that they're going to be throwing the ball. <laughs> I like that way of looking at it. And plus, it's just more fun, like you said, because you're miserable at halftime if it's 10 to 3 or something. Like, it should be 20 to 10. You're getting texts from people. They're all mad. If this yeah. other way, it's like, I don't know. My bet's a winning. We guys have uh, 200 yards yeah. passing a piece. 
What about KC yeah. Buffalo? That's the last game of the weekend. That game's so awesome. I can't wait. I hope Buffalo. Yeah, wins. it's going to be a great game. I don't know. I, I kind of have a. I, I just haven't been the same thing for a while. Where these great players just need to win. And maybe it is Patrick Mahomes, and he just goes and wins, and it doesn't matter if he plays at home or not. We'll see. I don't. I kind of feel like at a certain point in the career, these guys, if they're that good, they're just going to win. It doesn't going to matter. Maybe he's not. We'll see. No, but that was with Tom Brady. I mean, and I don't want to compare yes, the two I mean. necessarily, but it's like there were times when we won championships when people going in to start the playoffs didn't think the Patriots had the team to win it all, and we just did because Brady just wins those games. Yeah, and they, they, you know, Kansas City's defense is really good this year. It's, it's, it's not like any other team that they've ever had before. They were more of an offensive, offensive approach versus this defensive approach they have. So we'll see. I mean, that's why it's going to be fun, you know. I do want to say one quick thing about the UFC before you hang up. I do believe there's going to be a new UFC champion coming in on Saturday night. Duplessis? Duplessis, yeah. You do. You're the third guy now in the last two days who've said that. See, I'm kind of rooting for Strickland. I just like the way he's not afraid to say whatever he thinks. Yeah, I, I do too, but I think I, the reason why I say it, I listen to him, I listen to a bunch of interviews, and I feel like... They're gonna, he's going to try to take the, the mat to the ground and not stand there and punch with them and he has a huge advantage because of that. Right on, B-Cal. Thank you for that detailed analysis of uh, NFL and real quick there with the UFC. That's going to be a big event. I, I think I'm going to watch that. People, I want you to have a great weekend out there. You've been listening to The Sports Machine with Slim. I thank you. We're trying to build something here. It's WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. Go get them out there. Happy Friday.